Thanks for checking out this video. My name's Kiara, and I hope you enjoy this message from Redemption Church. If you got a Bible, you can open it up to Ephesians. We're going to start there, then we're going to work our way through the Proverbs and a couple of other different texts. If you don't know me, my name's Stephen. Thanks for being here this morning. We're in a transition today from kind of a, we're actually kind of starting a series within a series. And so over the last four weeks, we've been in the series Becoming Wise. And today, we start a series within the series called Living Wise. And what we want to do is take the work we've done internally in the heart and the mind and now help apply it into the daily living in life. Now, I don't hold the idea that we all just instantly became wise over the last four weeks, uh, but we got to move on at some point. And so here's where we're at today. Over the last four weeks, we've been defining wisdom like this, the humility to know, discern, and walk the best possible path. A prerequisite of wisdom is humility. Pride has to stop. As one text says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. We're humbly submitting ourselves to God's authority is the beginning of wisdom. And today we look at the know, discern, and walk part of the definition. In fact, I have a chart for you this morning. And on there are three categories, know, discern, and walk. And over the next three weeks, what we're going to do is walk through this chart with the hope of helping us all know how do I actually walk in wisdom? How do I actually now take the wisdom uh, that I've learned and, and now move it into every part of my life? Why? Well, because scripture is full of information about how foolishness destroys lives, wrecks marriages, ruins families, families led by fools. <laughs> Feel the pain of that. And so when we walk in wisdom, then we know how to take God's principles. We know how to walk in his will. I said wisdom is the humility to know and discern and walk the best possible path. Well, what's the best possible path? It's not the easiest path, the quickest path, the shortest path, and it's not the most prosperous path or the most glamorous path. No, the best possible path is the path fully submitted to the will of God. The best possible path is Jesus praying in the garden, your will, not mine. That's the best possible path. And we all want to walk the best possible path. And so we've covered the definition of wisdom, and um, we've established other important truths, like our foundation has to be built solely on Christ, otherwise it'll crumble. And we've talked about how we have to unroot unwise motivators like selfish ambition or bitter jealousy, because if those unwise motivators are still in us, then it'll make us foolish. Uh, because we'll operate out of those. Last week, we talked about how a divided heart is the number one barrier to wisdom. But when we ask our generous God for wisdom, he's so good, and he grants it to us. Hopefully, this last week, some of you had some moments in prayer where you asked your generous God for wisdom, and he provided it to you. In order to transition now from becoming wise into living wisely, we're actually going to go back to where we began, which was a passage in Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 5. This was the first verse that I read in the beginning of this series. It says this, look carefully or pay attention, look intently or think ahead 
Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time because the days, they are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. What's his will? Isn't that what we're trying to figure out? Trying to figure out when we make decisions about where to go to college or where to live or who to work for or fill in the blank. We want to know, God, what's your will? And Paul says, look carefully then how you walk. What he's doing here in chapter 5 is a stark contrast to what he writes about in chapter 4. So let me read that for you to set up this morning. Starting in verse 17. Now this I say and testify in the Lord that you must no longer walk. So he's saying this is how you used to walk. And you used to walk this way, but now I want you to walk this way. He said, you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do. In the futility of their minds, they are darkened in their understanding, alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to their hardness of heart or their pride. Their pride or their lack of humility is stopping wisdom from occurring inside of them. They have become callous and have given themselves up to sensuality, greedy to practice every kind of impurity, but that is not the way you learn Christ, assuming that you have heard about him and were taught in him as the truth is in Jesus, to put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires, and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds, and to put on the new self created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. Amen. We've been made new in Jesus. As I said last week, we've, uh, his righteousness is now our righteousness, that we, uh, six times more in Scripture, it says that we are in Christ than it says that Christ is in us. We are in Christ Jesus, which means the new self can come out. And in Ephesians chapter 5, Paul says, to live out the new self, walk in wisdom. That's why wisdom here is so important. Now, in verse 17 of chapter 5, again, it says this, therefore, do not be foolish, or don't be a fool. Don't be a fool, but understand what the will of the Lord is. We have to understand what the will of the Lord is. And so, uh, in the Proverbs, it talks about get wisdom and understanding. We've talked for four weeks about becoming wise. Now, we're kind of talking about the understanding part. How do we go get the understanding, so that we can know what the will of the Lord is, so that we can walk the will of the Lord. Well, the scripture has a three-pronged approach to gaining knowledge, gaining understanding. And so I want to walk through the three different ways that scripture teaches us how to go get knowledge. There's a second chart. This is the chart we'll be looking at this morning, the knowledge chart, and it walks through the three different ways. They're information, experiences, and others. These are the three ways that Scripture teaches us how to get knowledge. And what our job when it comes to knowledge is, is to obtain it, to obtain knowledge, to go get it. Like Proverbs 18.15 says this, an intelligent heart acquires knowledge. And the ear of the wise seeks knowledge. In other words, wise 
people want to go get or acquire, hold on to, obtain knowledge, and wise people go seek it. They realize that knowledge is not passive. It's active. I have to go find it. They realize that knowledge isn't innate inside of me. I have to go get it from somewhere else. And so the wise person acquires knowledge. They take it in. They soak it in. And a wise person seeks knowledge. They go looking for it. Well, where do we look? The scripture teaches us three places. Information, experiences, and others. So we're going to look at these three this morning as a way to help us uh, understand this first part of living wisely. Let's start with information. We're going to talk about two types of information, biblical and worldly. This is the first prong in, in how we go obtain knowledge. Information. Here's uh, what Proverbs 2, 6, and 7 says. For the Lord gives wisdom from his mouth, comes knowledge and understanding. He stores up sound wisdom for the upright. He is a shield to those who walk in integrity. How many times have you said in life, well, had I known blank, I would have never blank. In fact, most of the foolish things in your life and in my life are because we didn't know blank before we did blank. Had I known the Browns were going to be this horrible still, I would have never gotten excited at the beginning of the year, right? (laughs) Had I known he was like this, I would have never, you would have never dated him or her, right? Had you known it was going to cost that much, really, you would have never bought it. And so a lack of knowledge, a lack of information led to a foolish decision, a foolish decision that ends up breaking down your heart, your soul, your family, your business, your whatever it may be. The wise person, though, acquires and seeks the necessary information prior to making the decision. Where does this knowledge or information come from? Well, the scripture says, from the mouth of God. The mouth of God. So how does God speak? Primarily through two ways. Now, he does this through the channel of his Holy Spirit. But the two ways he does it, the first is through his scriptures. Bless you. The first is through his scriptures. Now, knowledge or information is like money in this way. You always hear about money and investing in retirement. What? Start young because of the power of compound interest, right? But then you also hear, even if you didn't start young, you should still start now. Knowledge is like that. The younger you start, the more it will compound into the future. But if you haven't started, you should start now. One of them is the scriptures. Students, the younger you start reading this, knowing this, the more it will pay off into your future. And it will be compounding. When you start at 15, 
You will be able to get to places at 55 that someone who starts at 50 can't get to. That's just the way it works. So start now. And maybe you're like, I tried that thing, like I had the app, and, 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 I, and I got to Genesis 9, and it got weird, and I quit. Well, then don't start there. Read the Psalms. It's beautiful poetry. Read the Gospels, and just meet Jesus for yourself. You can worry about the rest of it later. But start now. Maybe you're not 15, and this has never been a habit. Like investing in retirement, start now. Get into it. Gain knowledge. Gain information. I've said this before. I'll use my marriage as an example. I have to wake up every morning and read this. Otherwise, I fear what type of husband I might become. But every day and every morning when I get into this and I say, God, speak to me. Help me to be a better husband. It takes that for me. Gain the knowledge that you need. Another way that God speaks, again, through the channel of his Holy Spirit is through the preaching of the word. Now, of course, we do that every Sunday. Hope you join us. If you miss us, grab the podcast and listen there. But there are other outlets for this. Some of the best preachers in the world, some of them who died hundreds of years ago, have podcasts. How crazy is that? Like, you can listen to Spurgeon. They didn't even have electricity back then. I don't know if that's true or not. I watch TV. I'm listening to Kanye's album, just like all of you. But there are certain parts of my life, whether it's walking by myself, working out, where I have said, this is gain knowledge time. This is listen to a sermon time. It's not a sermon about my sermon. It's just a sermon because I need them too. And there's so much knowledge you can gain, so much information you can get to fill your head with that. So go grab it. Why? Because the wise person gets knowledge from the mouth of God. It says he stores it up. Second type of information is, I'm going to call it worldly information. Now, when I say worldly, I don't mean sinful. I just mean it's not like directly in the Bible. I forgot something. Let me hit it. When you're listening to sermons, be careful who you listen to. Heresy is a real thing. False gospel is a real thing. So study your scripture and know, am I listening to someone who's presenting a true gospel? And if they're not, stay away. The, some of the harshest language, well, language in the epistles is directed to heretics. And we do uh, sometimes live in a culture that doesn't want to address heresy. 
Now, there's a difference between disputed doctrine and heresy. And so we don't want to call disputed doctrine heresy, right? Like where half of evangelicalism thinks this and half of evangelicalism thinks one thing. And there's a middle ground that we can probably uh, look and say, this is gray. But then there's other stuff that isn't gray. And that stuff, don't let it in. It's not good for you. Okay. Back to the second part. Worldly information. Again, not sinful, just not straight from the Bible. Proverbs 13, 16 says this. In everything, the prudent acts with knowledge, but the fool flaunts his folly. Oh, and doesn't the fool flaunt his folly? Doesn't the fool say things like, oh, yeah, I didn't even think about it. I just did it. Oh, I had no idea what I was getting into, but I went. Oh, yeah, we didn't. You know, I barely, I barely knew the person, but you know, we started dating, and it turned out horrible. And it's a joke that no, the fool flaunts his folly. The fool thinks it's funny. Now, the wise person now is prudent. It doesn't say in the Bible where you should go to school. It doesn't say in the Bible really who you should date or marry. But the prudent person finds the knowledge necessary to make a godly decision. And the prudent person, the wise person, is always obtaining more information so as to add to their repertoire of thought when they make a decision. And so you should be obtaining information, good information. This can happen through reading. This can happen through podcasts. This can happen in many ways. Now, you have to always take it back to Scripture and make sure it doesn't violate it. But you should be obtaining information. I was listening to the um, second-in-command at Chick-fil-A on a podcast, and he was talking about how he was the 16th employee hired to Chick-fil-A, and he was going to get fired from the restaurant because he was bad at it. So he quit instead, so he wouldn't get fired. Then he started working in the warehouse. 40 years later, he's second in command of Chick-fil-A. He was asked, how did you do that? And he said, I just realized I needed more knowledge. He said, I hated to read, but I became a disciplined learner. Some of y'all, you haven't read a book in 30 years. You haven't watched anything but TV. Knowledge helps us grow in wisdom. Wisdom helps us walk the will of God. Keep growing. Keep learning. And then take what you learn and filter it back through the scripture. With this, I also want to add this little statement. Don't blame God for your stupidity. Overspending leads to bankruptcy. Dating a fool leads to broken hearts. There's a principle of sowing and reaping that exists in Scripture, and we don't use faith as a bailout from the principle. I think that's enough said. Okay. Second area, or second way that we gain knowledge according to the scripture, the first is information. 
The second is experiences. Let's look at this passage of scripture. Deuteronomy 4.9. Only take care and keep your soul diligently, lest you forget the things that your eyes have seen, and lest they depart from your heart all the days of your life. Make them known to your children and your children's children. Deuteronomy 4.9 is one of the first sections of scripture that talks about wisdom. And in uh, four things about this text. The first, notice that God, his language is almost exact verb usage as Paul's. Paul said, look carefully. God says, take care. Thousands of years apart, they use almost the same language to talk about wisdom and how we need to get it. But God says, the first time he mentions wisdom, learn from your experiences. He says, take care, lest you forget the things that your eyes have seen, unless they depart from your heart all the days of your life. In other words, learn from your experiences. We learn so that we might do better in the future. When wisdom is introduced, so is the idea of learning from your experiences. Here's the question we could all get good at asking. Has blank action led to blank outcome in the past? Has this diet led to my health goals in the past? Has acting like this towards people led to good friendships in the past? Has looking at my relationship with God like this led to the intimacy that I desire? The fool keeps doing the same thing over and over and refuses to learn from it and therefore gets the exact same results. The wise person learns from their experiences, adjusts, and then sees change as a result. Remember a few years ago when you were those of us who are Ohio State football fans, and we'd watch games. And in the first half, um, this was now about a decade ago, and in the first half, you'd watch the game and we'd be, you know, like right in the game, but then you get into the second half. This only happened in the biggest games. And then the other team's coach would make adjustments and ours wouldn't. And you'd go, what are you doing? You can't keep running the same plays. You have to make adjustments. And then the other team would make adjustments and then we'd lose. And everyone would throw things at their TV. Remember that? Some of us, we've played the first half, and now we're doing the second half the exact same way. If you do the second half just like you did the first half, you're going to get the same result in the second half that you did the first half. We get to learn from our experiences. We're supposed to, right from the beginning. God says, don't forget what your eyes have seen. Don't forget what you've experienced. Now, don't do it like the Jewish people did it. Because they did not heed this advice. Like, they were really bad at learning from their experiences. Some of the worst in history. Even still, God was faithful to them, though. And he will be faithful to you. But it doesn't mean that's the best possible path. Learn from your experiences. You know what else is in this text? That we learn from the experiences of others. Andy Stanley, famous teacher and speaker says this, listen and learn, go further faster. 
listen and learn from other people's experiences so as not to fall into the same traps so that you can get further in life at a quicker rate than they did. It's good advice. Listen and learn, go further faster, or learn from your experiences. Listen, if you're not making the progress that you want, you might need to change the plan. You might need to adjust it. Learning from your past experiences. You know what else is in this text, by the way, in the Deuteronomy text, is the necessity of uh, multi-generational relationships, particularly within the context of the church. And so in our church, we can't worry about everybody else, so let's just worry about us. In our church, we have to have multi-generational relationships. This is instructed in Scripture. The wisdom of it is shown to us in Scripture. Every Tuesday morning, I have a Bible study. It's college students, me, and everyone else is over 60. Most of them over 70. It's one of my favorite hours of the week. We need this at every age and level. And by the way, the church, like us, the organization of the church, we can't like facilitate all of it. So just do it. You're adults. Invite a younger couple over to your house. Invite an older couple over to your house. Go grab coffee together. Grow in this. This is essential to wisdom that we would learn from the generations. This then segues us into the third way the Bible shows us how to gain proper knowledge so as to live in wisdom. Others, others, this is the third way, others. And there's tons of, tons of scripture about this, so I end up just pick three. Let me give you the first one. Proverbs 13, 20. Whoever walks with the wise becomes wise, but the companion of fools will suffer harm. This one reads like a fortune cookie. And what's cool is you can almost put any word in there. You know, statistics say those who walk with the, the, the rich will become rich. Those who walk with the healthy will become healthy. Those who walk with Fortnite players will become Fortnite players. Those who walk with Michigan fans will become miserable. And those who walk with the wise will become wise. This doesn't mean that we should only surround ourselves with perfect people. All right, that's not the gospel. But it does mean that we need to spend an appropriate amount of time with the people that we want to parent like, do marriage like, date like, live healthy like, have fun like, enjoy life like, live joyfully like that we surround ourselves with those types of people for an appropriate amount of time, that we learn from them, because those who walk with the wise will become wise. Students, high school, college, young adult, who you surround yourself with in this season in particular will determine a lot if you end up like the wise person or the foolish person. Surround yourself with other wise people, wise at your age people. That's the first way. 
when it comes to others, who we surround ourselves with. By the way, in church, we have strategy for this. It's called life group. It's not a perfect strategy. It's not like, you know, mandated in the Bible. It's just our best strategy. Or um, Bible studies, or women's groups, or men's groups, or whatever. But uh, it's the idea of I need to surround myself with people like this. Proverbs 15.22 teaches us another one. Without counsel, plans fail. But with many advisors, they succeed. Now, next week, I'm going to talk about the discernment part of this. And, uh, and I want, I'm going to come back to this first. And I want to make a differentiator between two things. Gaining knowledge or obtaining knowledge and applying discernment. Here's a danger. I can speak to this danger because I learned it firsthand. Sometimes when you're in tough situations, what you do is you run around asking everybody, what should I do? What should I do? What should I do? What should I do? And you know what everyone tells you? What you should do. And you know how confusing it is when 18 people that you respect tell you 18 different things to do? It's very confusing. And sometimes it leads to a severe lack of wisdom. So in this part, I'm not talking about running around and asking every single person what you should do. Let me say it this way. You should obtain information from lots of people. You should seek life advice on what to do from a small amount of people. Two or three. Trusted people. Integrity-filled people. Character people. But you can obtain information from anybody. So here's a question that might help you. Hey, what knowledge, what information, whatever word you want to use, what knowledge, what information can you offer me about blank? So it might look like, what information can you offer me about dating well? About parenting a teenager? About having a long and healthy marriage? About picking a college? About growing in Christ? about handling my money well. What information can you offer me? And sometimes they're going to offer you really good information. And sometimes they're going to offer you really bad information. The good thing about this is that they're just giving you the information. And now you're going to take it in, and you're going to do what we are going to talk about next week. You're going to discern which of the information you should apply and which you should ignore. That's next week. This week, though, is let's just learn it. And so part of others is asking the question of, hey, what can you teach me about blank and growing in it? Last way, last way. Proverbs 15, 31 and 32. The ear that listens to life-giving reproof will dwell among the wise. Whoever ignores instruction despises himself, but he who listens to reproof gains intelligence. The fool rejects instruction and correction. The fool thinks they're always right, which is why they're probably always wrong. The fool doesn't want to hear feedback. The wise person longs for it. The wise person seeks it. The wise person has thick enough skin to be able to take corrective feedback. Now, I'm not saying that you should just let anyone take shots at you. You don't want really anyone taking shots at you. You want people who love you and care about you who are going to provide feedback and insight into what they see. And then you're going to make adjustments 
after you take that insight and feedback back to the Lord, you discern it properly and make a new decision. I've shared this story, I think, before. The first time I preached in front of a large crowd, my boss at the time was in the back on his iPad. And as I was preaching, probably a 30-minute sermon, he was making um, like second-by-second feedback. And so at the end of it, I just got this email. And it said, slow down, slow down, slow down. Stop looking to the left. Stop looking to the right. Look to the center. Smile more. Why are you so angry? Smile. And I get this, and then I read through the whole thing. And I said, thank you. Then I preached again, and he did it again. Those of you who are a little bit younger in life, um, don't be so overly sensitive that you don't let people speak feedback into your life. Let me just tell you this. If you don't allow that process to happen, you will never get to where you could get. And this isn't just for young people. It's for all of us. And what happens when we don't is we don't parent as well as we could. We don't love our spouses as well as we could. We don't walk in the fullness of the Holy Spirit as much as we might be able to. Now, God has orchestrated a way where each of us can grow in wisdom. It starts with obtaining proper knowledge, gathering the information, going through the experiences. Oh, and this is a pet peeve, so let me just say it real quick. Christians, we don't get to say, I don't regret my past. We don't get to say that. Here's why. I regret everything in my past that is sinful. Everything. And we like to say, I don't regret my past. It made me who I am today. No, God in his goodness and his grace made you who you are today. Not your sinful past. That's God redeeming your sin. I regret everything in my past that's sinful. But I'm thankful to a God who redeems it. So learn from our past. Learn from others. Walk in wisdom. Know the will of God. This is what it is to live wisely. Thanks for watching this video. If you want to learn more about our church, go ahead and click the link in the description or head on over to experienceredemption.com. Have a great week, guys.